Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we're back for more uh, Prodigal Son. Yes, that's right. We're closing in on the end of the first season. And, uh, well, is it is it too catty of me to say that it kind of feels like they're getting to the scripts that weren't good enough to make in the first half of the season? Okay, I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was just wondering if I'm... Uh, no, no, particularly like, like number 18. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll that, get that there. is that. Uh, anyway, I, I, we will talk. Okay. Yeah. But yes, I, I would say that, um, either they're being rushed. Yeah. The writers, whatever, you know, there's something going on. I don't know. Well, it showed on March 16th, 2020. So I don't know when it was done. Well, it was like obviously filmed, filmed in it. January then, so uh, yeah, January, so, so yeah, it's not like they can blame the plague for this one. No, but the but they may have been rushed to do oh, it because they only ended up with twenty episodes, right? No, yeah, but that was because of the plague shutdown, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, like yeah, I was a little unclear about exactly uh, how this. Like well, it's... you know what? By watching the episodes, we're going to find out how the season wraps up. But I thought this is one of the plague shortened shows yeah i would assume so it yeah. had to be in fact and the last one i don't know how uh was on showed on april 27th okay they went into so, yeah. april but we will you know we'll i would talk assume about that next week after we've seen the last yeah. two episodes like 100 but yes no i i agree these are not um their finest hour uh no and thank god Thank God yeah. we had the first bunch of these episodes because all of a sudden um, we, we're we sort of stuck with kind of, eh, you know, I mean, there's nothing, the, the episodes themselves aren't even. Yeah. Well, you know, that's main, what we're going to get to. The main story, like we're not getting a lot each about of them. the relationship and the main story in each of them is kind of a... But uh, let's get right to it. All right. So um, it's funny. We, we joke about how uh, we joke about Criminal Minds a lot when we're talking about this show because we're a Criminal Minds podcast, obviously. Uh, but we often talk about how, like, at its worst, this show has episodes that, you know, could have been an episode of Criminal Minds. And the funny part about this episode is, like, it kind of was an episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> like... I, I was watching it. I'm like, wait, wasn't there an episode where people were like going and robbing houses, but then one of them was executing people and uh, one of them was executing people and the other ones didn't know about it and blah, blah, blah. Like, I saw this on Criminal Minds. <laughs> and yeah, we totally did. It was uh, the one of the Manson family episodes involved. Yeah. So there you yeah, go. The second, I think the second. Yeah, the second Manson yeah, family themed episode was basically very similar to this episode so anyway a bunch of people are stealing jewelry and watches but then when they do it a uh, one of them murders a woman at uh, the crime scene when they do it and they uh and the you know he's a serial killer because he only kills when he finds a woman who has a very specific look to her so it's obviously yeah. to use serial killer terms a proxy for yes. uh uh, proxy for the person who's he doesn't really have the nerve yet to kill the person he's uh really obsessed with yeah yeah 
So he's killing uh, women who look like her. And, well, that's a reveal. Uh, but anyway, so they go and they find out about, uh, uh, they go and an insurance investigator turns up and it's someone that Malcolm knew from school. Yeah. Who's, uh, who they bonded because one of their dads was a, uh, a serial killer and the other of their dads was a famous drug dealer. Yeah. Like a famous criminal as well. But then, and this is the key part, uh, and I kind of like they do a, uh, a persistence of memory uh, type of thing, like a, a little a little question, because we uh, say that after his dad got out of jail, VJ, that's the friend, uh, you know, was accepted back into polite society, uh, you know, or at least to go to the cool kids table, and he didn't bring Malcolm with him. And that is how Malcolm remembers it. Malcolm remembers being betrayed. Malcolm remembers, you know, this guy running out at him when he needed him the most. And over the course of the episode, we are told that, yeah, maybe Malcolm isn't remembering things right. Yeah. And I thought that was that was the best thing this episode did. Right? Yeah, was that it, part of it. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, you know, Malcolm, sometimes we cause these problems for ourselves by being unwilling to trust people again. And we learn that that might be what happened with him and VJ because VJ claims, and you know, no one gives us any information to question this, that he did attempt to bring Malcolm with him when he started hanging out with normal people again and not just, you know, the two of them being losers together. But that Malcolm could never be comfortable around anyone and Malcolm could never trust anyone. And Malcolm was always, you know, worried that some, the other shoe was going to drop. And the thing is, from what we've seen of Malcolm, VJ's story makes a ton of sense. Yeah, VJ's story is probably... Closer to true. Closer to the truth. Because I'm certain at some point, VJ stopped asking. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. Right? And VJ would have... VJ and Malcolm would have spent basically all their time together. Yeah. And so just by VJ having other friends, uh, friends. and stuff like that... Malcolm is betrayed by that and he turns it into VJ cut him off and VJ's go, no, Malcolm, you cut me off. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it really, but VJ just would have just stopped asking at exactly. some point would have just said, I'm not going to try it. I can't try anymore. Yeah. Malcolm, but, and it's logical. I mean, Malcolm can't yeah. connect. He can't with connect. Anyone he can't else. trust. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he could with VJ because VJ was an outcast for essentially the, the same reason. reason. Yeah. And that is a, that is kind of a scary thing for Malcolm because uh, it is like one of the things we know about psychopaths is they have the ability to identify with people only to the extent in which they remind them of themselves. Yes. And that does definitely suggest that kind of a relationship because like he could only empathize with someone who's going through the same thing he is because he can project himself onto them but then when his dad the other guy's dad got out of jail and he was able to talk to other people malcolm lost his ability to empathize with vj because he can't understand what that's like and he can't know what he's going through because his father is never going to get out of jail <laughs> Well, I mean, As 100, such. I mean, you say never, he's never like yes. not going to be, I mean, he'll always be a criminal, always be in jail, but 100%, if the, this season 
doesn't end or with an episode where they have to let the doctor out of jail to help them with something, then that next season is definitely going to go to that well. Like 100%, there's going to be an episode where they have to let the surgeon out of jail to help them with a crime. I've seen television, okay? That's definitely going to happen at some point. I don't know when, but it's definitely going to happen at some point. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, it could be the, the season ender. But yeah, like, so I found the stuff about their time in prep school, you know, and uh, high school very interesting. Yeah. Like, I, I really liked that part of the episode. But at the same time, the main theme of the episode, you're like, oof, it's just not a good episode. <laughs> uh, it's, I would argue, a bad episode with one redeeming thing, and that is... Uh, the scene where a woman gets shot in the head and survives and they go and interview her while they're doing brain surgery on her. Oh, Woo! well, this, yeah, well, this guy, um, the guy who wrote this wrote, worked on You, the Bold Type, No Tomorrow, Mistresses, and Parenthood. Okay, so all high-profile shows lying game and that's probably why he has this um and he's he wrote all souls and sadists which one is that i'm just, oh that's the I halloween episode that's the halloween yeah. episode yeah okay yeah and that was not a great episode either no no well the, um, and the shows you may say they're high profile shows but they're they're not preparing him to write this one. Oh no no yeah they're not they're the kind they're of like shows at all no I mean, this is a specific kind of show. Yeah. I suspect the producers are um, now, and the showrunners are now also, you know, thinking about next season. And yeah. who knows whether they would be, you know, the, the question of whether they would be renewed and stuff like that, too. Of course, yeah. And thinking that by the time you get to these episodes, things should be rolling along. Smoothly, right? yeah. And smoothly. And this is easily could be a criminal minds episode. They that, make well, their mistakes. They make their mistakes on who's, who's guilty. And, you know, they, they, you know, the dot, the woman who's, um, who gave, whose child it actually is, you know. Um, okay. We're, we're not doing stranger beside you yet. We're still doing the job. Oh. <laughs> we're still no, no, oh job. no, we're oh sorry, yeah. I'm sorry because they they all kind of blended. Yes, this yes. is the you know, and so this could be right where they're all you know shooting. We've seen shootouts like this. Oh yeah, and actually months, the the shootout I where wanted JJ to, uh, gets shot. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, I had an issue I wanted to talk about with the shootout, and it that was... is okay. So uh, there's this scene early on okay. when Danny's like, uh, I don't, you know. Uh, I don't care about the watches. I'm not interested in dealing, you know, I, I don't think we should be dealing with this insurance agency guy. And I'm not interested in the watches and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I, I understand your dedication to whatevs, but what you seem to be forgetting is these guys stole these things to make money, right? Yes. So they have to, like, they didn't want the $20 million in watches. So either no. they're selling them to someone or they want to sell them back to the insurance company. So, yeah. yes, it's a very important that the insurance agent be there for this stuff. 
Yes. And it's like the the way she's so hostile to him. I know that she doesn't trust him because it is the practice of insurance companies to uh to offer to buy back stolen goods because for at like 20 30% of what they're worth so that they uh, can avoid having to pay the insurance payout. Right? Yeah. And that's oh, that's sure. completely normal. You totally They save 8 that. million dollars on 10. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Eight, seven, eight million dollars on ten, whatever the guys want. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I get why she's nervous, but at the same time, they are, at, like, VJ is an asset to be used. And the fact that she acts like he should not be there is a little weird. Because, again, like, this is just normal police procedure. He's just doing what his job is, and you should be doing what your job is, using him to help find your thing. So, yeah, that was a, that was a weird scene, because they wanted to have her just reject the idea of working with an insurance agent and i don't know why it's grossly unprofessional yeah i'm trying to think i mean yeah they, they don't necessarily like insurance yeah. like i'm trying to think where insurance agents show up in other shows you know and there is a cross purpose because insurance agents sure will they don't care will, about the law they just want the stuff back because it's all yeah money. they will make the deals yeah um without betraying who's there but exactly. i i don't understand either no i mean that was just one of those little things that you know bef and the, then the shootout among you know him turning them on one another like well, this and, and is that's, so by the way that's, this is that's the part that bothered the hell out of me because it's like why is anyone pointing a gun at anyone who's not the serial killer yeah, like, and like they act, the team who's robbing things act like they're just now finding out that women keep getting shot in the head at their jobs, which has made them like a much bigger priority for law enforcement than they were. And I'm like, are you not watching the news and checking out what's going on and knowing yeah. if the well, the except for the boss, the, yeah, except for the yeah. boss, yes. I mean, the boss, the boss is you know understands all of this. Uh, but he just can't figure out which one of them is doing it. Yeah, and um, so Malcolm is going to help him find out who did it, but yeah, who's but then doing Malcolm it? Malcolm points out who obviously the killer is, and then suddenly, for reasons I can't really figure out, everyone is pointing guns at each other. Like, well, because it hey, looks good. Yeah, it looks good on film, but everybody, there's only one person you need to be pointing guns at, and it's the crazy man who keeps murdering people at your perfectly planned robberies. Yeah. Like that's that's the one you need to be pointing the gun at. It's and... it's a very it's it is very very strange. As I said, it's it's template. Yeah. You know, I mean, this this is template for somebody who's I guess in film school. Oh yeah. You know. Like I mean, like it, they've it, seen there's Reservoir nothing. Dogs. They know yeah, they've all seen Reservoir. Story, dogs. They know how this kind of story is supposed to end, so they're going to get there whether it makes sense or not. Yeah, like, and in Reservoir Dawes, it doesn't have to make sense because it's style over content. Exactly, right? And right? if he had in this, if he had over the course of him hanging out with these thieves, managed to come out with a series of secrets that turned them all against each other, that'd be one thing. But no, he was literally just there to find out who the killer was, and he found out who the killer was, and yet they don't just immediately deal with the killer. Instead, we have a ridiculous shootout, and then you have one of the most ridiculous things, <laughs> VJ driving a car through a wall and somehow saving the day, even though he had no idea what was on the other side of that wall. <laughs> he 
no matter. <laughs> he had no idea what was on the other side of that I wall. know, but it looked good. Uh, and and that's the problem. That's all this episode has going for it is a bunch of the stuff looks really good. They're driving yeah. motorcycles through crowds. They're, you know, they're uh you're doing the the gunplay standoffs. Like it's like visually it's a fun episode, but it's not a good episode. No, it's not a good oh, in fact actually your comparison to Reservoir Dogs, yeah. like my, my bringing up yeah, talking film about Reservoir school, Dogs. and then yours, your comparison so, to Reservoir Dogs, the more I think about it, the more Reservoir Dogs. And the problem is, is that Reservoir Dogs is one of a kind. Yeah. And you cannot ever do it again. No. And you cannot do it. I mean, except it, to the extent that it was a remake of the movie City on Fire. Well, yes, I know, but <laughs> who watches Chinese? I know, I, mean, I know, who's watching We've Hong watched Kong it. I, I know, I know, I know. I, just, know, thought it would I, be, I just thought it would be funny to mention. Uh, but yeah. you're absolutely right. No, no, you can't do Reservoir Dogs because, A, everyone's going to see what you're doing, and, B, you don't have what Reservoir... Like, you're not going to have the stylization that you need to make Reservoir Dogs in this 40-minute TV show. You're just not going to be able to do it. It's like the time Numbers decided to adapt L.A. Confidential. And you're like, yeah, it doesn't. this it is can't. way too complicated a story to try and do. Look, L.A. Confidential. Minutes. L.A. Confidential had problems because they couldn't do the whole story. That's true. Like, even it cuts so much out of the book that it hurts. And then a TV show trying to cut it down to 40 minutes, it was just an embarrassment. Yes. And this one trying to do Reservoir Dogs. It's, again... There's good stuff in the information about his and VJ's relationship. We learn interesting things about Malcolm. Thumbs up to that part of the story. But that is yeah. the only good thing about this episode. Yeah. That's fair to say, right? Yeah, I would say that's fair to say because even the Eve and Malcolm and Jessica stuff is well, I mean, flat. When we called the the uh, when we called the Eve stuff a couple of weeks ago, this is the episode yeah. where we find out we're one hundred percent right. Yeah. Uh, about all the Eve stuff we called, right? We called that a couple of weeks ago. And um, and I got to say, everything I know about Eve, it very seems weird. Like, I understand what they're getting at. She wants to, uh, like, she, like, she wants to understand what her sister went through, blah, 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 blah. But at the same time, she's crawling into a box. Yeah, what the hell was she crawling into also, a box Also, more for? importantly, why is that box still there? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone knows that the box, the girl bo girl in the box really happened. So that thing's a crime scene. Why and why, or why did, why hadn't Jessica just put it along with everything else behind the wall when he had, she well, had no, no, the whole she thing did. sealed up? She did. The, remember, the wall's been broken down. No, no, but she had, yeah, but Jessica had said she wanted it back up again. Yeah, but they hadn't done that yet. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they haven't done that. No, no. But she still. was in his office. No, but it's like, once they know the girl in the box is real, that's evidence. The box is evidence. And yet it's just sitting in their basement. Yeah. You think uh, there'd be some in the DNA in it? Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, they never bothered investigating the box really extensively because they didn't think there really was a girl in it. But now that they know that there really wasn't a girl in it, it's a crime scene that they should be taking way more seriously than they are. So, yeah. Uh, this episode had a bunch of problems. Yeah, Let's move episode, on to the next one, yeah. which, as you say, also feels kind of like a Criminal Minds or a Castle, just a very generic episode. Yeah, of actually, ma show. maybe more castle-y than, you know, Criminal Minds. They don't yeah. do an awful lot of exposition, but, you know, they they they, they have their missed clues and yeah. 
<laughs> they decide somebody has done it and then somebody else and well, blah, and blah. It had and actually just... had one of the most fun things that I've done in a while as someone who watches too much television. So I understand like the signals I'm being sent. Uh, so I'm watching the episode and you've got the au pair there who may or they're like may or may not have been responsible for the murder and they're looking for and blah, 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 blah. And they're talking to the guy on Skype. And I'm like, this is normally you don't talk to people on Skype on cop shows. Why didn't they just call him in? And they're like, and then I'm watching and I'm like, oh, okay. They want the audience to think he's not a suspect. So they're pretending he's in Philly. But he's not actually. No, no, he's in Montreal. Oh, sorry, in Montreal. Yes. Excuse me. He was, in, right. Montreal. He was in Montreal. He was in another country. Yeah. So they're pretending he was in Montreal, but in fact, he's actually in the city. And that's what I'm like. Oh, okay. I see what they're doing with this. But that's just if you watch too much television and enjoy the language of television. Although, here's my question about that. Um, Post 9 11, passport control, you think they would just like know he was in America, right? When they did a check on him? I guess they might. You not would have think. Yeah. Although, actually, it is they might possible. not have. No, they might not have because maybe they just believed he was in Montreal. Well, he was north of Montreal in the boondocks. Yeah. But my question is, like, so, but did he reach out to them or did they reach out to him when they found out? Because it's like the one thing that I question is, how do you set up a Skype call like that if you're not in touch with someone? Because it's not like they just searched his name on Skype and found him, right? That's not generally how the police do things. No, well, what they would have done was had a phone call. Yeah, and then they arranged to talk to him on Skype, again, to convince the audience that he wasn't actually in the city. But anyway, we've we've glossed over the entire part, uh, thing. A lady does uh, is a popular internet personality, and her husband got murdered at a baby shower kind of thing. Because uh, yeah. she had just had a baby. They went on a... And I can't believe I have to say this, but so thanks, show baby moon, which I guess is a trip you take with your newborn baby. I guess I I don't understand rich people is what I'm saying. They got here's here's the problem with rich people. They yeah. have too much time on their hands. Yes, they have way too much time on their hands. So they have to invent because they're provide like they're providing no service to anyone and they are no use to anyone. They have to, like, come up with things to make their mi lives meaningful. And so, mommy blogs and baby moons, you know? And 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 baby sort of like, introductions, introducing the baby to the world. Yes, parties. Like, parties. Yeah. Well, again, and, she's a media personality, so she has to, like, have the coming out party for the new cast member on her blog. Or whatever yes. it is. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, <coughs> I know it's uh, kind of unbelievably ridiculous. Uh, so yes, they uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird as I was watching it. But you know, I I always find stuff about rich people alienating. That's just me. I'm not going to claim that I'm the normal one here. Uh, but yes, so they they follow the trail. But let's face it, it's just not that interesting an episode. So let's. Um, I mean, all of the stuff. I will say that. They do the, it is believable how they come up with the, um, the, the false under, like the false guess at who it is, because that au pair does act very suspiciously. Yeah. And when it turns out it's actually her baby, all of that does make perfect sense why she acted so suspiciously. So, yeah. Like the show does earn the Some red herring. The, I think yeah. it earns the red herring in a way. Yeah, that I think it did. Don't. Because, and, and it, and it, 
you know, because you don't know, partly because, of course, even when you figure out that, okay, okay Christine carried the baby. Yeah. Um, you still think, okay, so she had a sexual relationship with the husband, but it turns out she didn't, that, nope. that she was already pregnant. Yeah. When they hired and, her and they were specifically buying her baby because yeah. she couldn't put up with her, uh, like, uh, put up the baby herself. So there yeah. you go. And I think that's, it's a nice ending. Uh, it's a nice episode. We, uh, with that, we have a nice ending. It's the nice situation where, yes, there's the scumbag, abusive ex-husband, but everybody else is 100% fine with adoption and doesn't question it at all. Yeah, that's and so nice. <laughs> we get at, we get a really nice moment where Malcolm does, uh, Malcolm does his um, trademark thing, which is tries to connect with the killer over their shared childhood abuse. Yeah. And it's a nice scene because everything he says is completely right. That it's like when you were a child, I mean, it's it's all very basic stuff, but it's so rare to see it on television. He's just like, yeah, when you were a child, someone told you that love was control, right? Yeah. That loving someone was completely controlling them and being loved was complete obedience. And that's not true. And what you're, you were abused and you are abusing. And they make the guy hesitate. Like, it makes the guy hesitate just the way he wanted yeah. to. And so I really enjoyed that scene. And that was, like, one of the couple of good things out of this largely meh episode. Yeah. yeah and, you know, and then at the end, you know, Eve shows him a picture of her sister. Yeah. Uh, which is nice, because we, uh, we find out that, in fact, uh, it is because they confront her. And i got to say, I like that they didn't spin this out for a bunch of episodes. She offers yeah. to help find the girl last episode. This episode, she's incredibly suspiciously, like, way too helpful. Yeah. And so Malcolm immediately is like, well, let's do a background check on this lady who appeared in our lives out of nowhere and is now obsessed with finding out about this girl in the box. He does all of the smart things. And of course, um, like last week we had VJ, last episode, we had him and VJ talking about he needs to be more trusting. But here he's not trusting and he shouldn't be. And it works out well for them. Yeah. So I, I actually really liked that. <laughs> I thought that was a very nice touch. Now that it uh, legit works out for them quite well, not trusting this woman blindly. Uh, so they confront it. We find out finally who the girl in the box was. Like we get a name. We found out she ran away from uh, like that her parents, are, their parents are dead. She ran away from a group home. Uh, and she is the much, much younger sister of this girl who ran away when she was like 15. And her sister yeah. was like six or five yeah. or something. So yeah, she only has the dimmest memories of her sister, but she always wanted to know what happened to her. Which brings us into Shaharazad. Why did they call it Shaharazad? Because that's A, that's the... Um, well, no, actually, I can tell you exactly why they called it Shaharazad. It was the a, ballet? Well, no, no, it's it's the ballet, but Malcolm... Uh, Malcolm, oh my God, Dr. Bright brought her to the basement to kill her. And she says, instead of killing me, how about I tell you this story for an hour? Oh, oh and yes. And that's literally of the plot of A Thousand and One Nights. Well, yeah. 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 So, yes, no, that's why you're they right. Shahrazad. I should have picked Made that, that connection. up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty cute. It's actually pretty cute why they called it Shaharazad. Yes. Again, the main story, like the... In this episode, at least we get a little bit of movement. Yeah. Oh, no. Like, this episode really rockets stuff forward with uh, the surgeon. Yeah. 
and Malcolm and Eve and like it's it's all really interesting. And again, yeah. I, the mystery is just who cares? Like yeah, it's just who cares. So a, a Cuban expat ballet dancer gets uh uh what do you call it? Gets poisoned at a party that Malcolm's mother is at, uh, being thrown by rich guy and major found like funder of the uh, ballet Dermot Mulrooney. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> always nice to see Dermot Mulrooney showing up and stuff. He's very fun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm always, always glad to see him. So that was nice. Uh, and you get these scenes uh, there. Right. And so they introduced, I'm like, well, obviously he's important enough that we're going to be seeing him again. And of course, at the end of the episode, we find out why. And we'll talk about that when we get to the episode, end of the episode. But so they go into uh, the ballet company, assuming that this is related to his job because he's only been here like a couple of months and he doesn't know. <laughs> the idea is basically he doesn't know enough people in America for like some random person to be wanting to poison him. It has to be related to his it has to be related defection. to his, his defection. Exactly. Or possibly drama. And they immediately jump to it being like drama at the, the uh, ballet company. The ballet company. I'm like, I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. Like someone, I mean, I know it, it does happen in murder mysteries all the time that someone in a ballet company kills someone else in a ballet company because <laughs> they don't want to lose their position. Like there's a murder she wrote about that. Like it's a very popular plot, right? Uh, <laughs> But here, in a show that tries to be more realistic and grounded, you feel like they should have jumped right away to, it's got to be something in his backstory. Which it is. Yeah. Uh, although, I gotta say, um, Jesus, when you find out, like, uh, they go to the ballet company, and the the head of the prima ballerina has, like, just put torture implements in everyone's stuff. She a, is... She is a, a psychopath, yes. a monster, a true monster. Like, I feel like you should, um, after we, like, it's all well and good to arrest the, like, murderer from Cuba who's responsible for poisoning this guy, but hey, maybe do something about this woman who's, like, putting ground-up glass in people's shoes. Well, there's the reason that prima donna is yeah. a negative... A slur, yes. Slur. Yes, right? it is a slur it's a negative it has negative carries all sorts of yes. negative connotations because yeah. it comes out of yeah yeah exactly you, you make a strong point uh but yes and you're right it, it does often have negative connotations and this is a perfect example of why although i will call nonsense on one thing in the episode so uh we see a woman put in her contacts and then she is blinded and like her she starts screaming in pain and uh, and so they have to pull them out. And we find out that capsaicin was put in her uh, contact lens solution. And so it was causing extreme pain and she could have died. Now, the thing is there, um, uh, this would work. Capsaicin, in case you don't know, dear listener, is the, uh, is the stuff that makes peppers spicy. So yes. the amount of capsaicin uh, and the intensity of it is basically, the percentage of it is what decides how hot a given pepper is and here's the problem with this in the episode i on more times in my life i care to admit have had hot sauce on my hand and then touched my eye you know instantaneously that that has happened like the yes. moment your finger touches your eye you realized 
the horrible mistake you oh, just Oh, damn. Made. And it's like, cold oh. water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You start flushing it with cold water or throwing milk in there or whatever. Just, just, you flush it out immediately. But you know the moment your finger touches your eye, you're like, oh, no, I'm going to be spending the next 10 minutes in agony. Agony, yeah. And my point is, she would not have had time to get both contact lenses in. No. No, it's, it's like, I mean, I cut peppers up. That's what happens, right? Yeah. You cut you, peppers up. And the up. oil gets on your finger. And you're yeah. thinking, oh, I wasn't touching any hot sauce. I've been eating sriracha. I'm fine. And then you touch your hand and it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. You, you know, you, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's easy enough. And it is, as you say, instantaneous. But it is instantaneous. Maybe, maybe neither one of the Zuckermans had ever done that. May, that is Maybe possible. they don't like spicy. And the thing is, and it would have been even worse because capsicum in a liquid form. Capsaicin, but yes. Capsaicin, in a form, right? Is so much more... Powerful. Exactly. Because it is just... Just the oil, yeah. Just the oil, right? My question is, how do you get it into your contact? How would they have gotten it? With a needle? No, no, no. She just opened up... No, no, no. You, um, you got to remember, the contact lenses are floating in a sea of sails. Oh, so she put so it she into just, that. She okay. just took an eyedropper full of capsaicin. But then she should have it. felt it on her figured finger. Oh, yeah. No, it would even you would even notice in your finger. But you know what? Maybe maybe she was distracted. She didn't notice the tingling on her finger. But the minute that first contact went into her eye, she would have been screaming in agony. She, she would, would have, have never had gotten, time yeah. to get to the second one. Yeah. yeah. And I, I could believe it would be that painful. If you have it yes. just washing over your entire eye, like that part, believe no problem at all. But the idea that she could get it into both before she started feeling it. No, that's just, it's just not possible. Uh, but yes, uh, let's, let's focus in. Oh yes. And uh, they finally, after way too long, uh, get some news about his background in Cuba. And there was a murder in, uh, there was a, a murder in Cuba, right? And uh, he uh, he had been poisoning him, uh, who had been poisoning people for him back there. And he came uh, and he had to flee because, again, he was poisoning people in Cuba. He was a criminal in Cuba, so it didn't work out well for him. So he fled. And, of course, they knew each other from back when they were in Cuba. So now he's going to he's worried that this guy's going to tell on him. And so he murdered him. And that's what the, the motive was. And we get a fun, you know, uh, honestly, the whole episode is shot really well because they t make... They were uh, they had access to this gorgeous theater, and they yeah. make the most of it. They do huge lighting cues. We do scenes of ballet. They do scenes where lighting bars crash to the ground. Like everything you want out of a Phantom of the Opera type story, you do yeah. get out of this episode. It's just yeah. the plot is meh at best. Yeah, it's meh. You know, it's not, but it's it, it's a bit over. It, it, not a bit. It's overridden by. Oh yeah. The story the good, going yes, forward. Yes, exactly. The movement we get on the Surgeon and Malcolm and Eve story is more than worth whatever nonsense we have to put up with here. I think that's safe to say. Because, oh boy, do we get a reveal this week. Yeah. And here's my question to you. All right, so... All right. Malcolm uh, and Eve go to see the Surgeon. Yeah. Right. And uh, and she reveals that the girl in the box is his sister and they just want to know where the body is, because as as they point out, like he never ground up any bodies. He never burned any bodies. He always wanted to know where people were either buried or he left them displayed publicly. 
right? Yeah. So there's no reason that this woman's body shouldn't have turned up. And we entertain the possibility that she might still be alive somehow previously, but we're never... We're never yeah, we, we actually it. rattled that around about six episodes ago. So there you go, right? We thought that was possible. And this episode... He claims that that is what has happened uh, because we get this fascinating, I, I gotta say, a really good scene between them where yeah. uh, he's going to kill her. And she's like, I know you're like, uh, I've been paid to kill me. And he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's is, true. You know? Yeah. What are you talking about? What are you talking uh, about? Uh, For Dr. Actually, Whitley. I know, right? What are you talking about? Uh, which actually leads to a very fun scene uh, that I enjoyed a ton, right? Uh, a very fun scene that I enjoyed a ton where it's like, where even Dr. Whitley finds it absurd, the coincidence, that yeah. he, a serial killer, grabbed up someone who's on the run from crazy murderers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> that was That was genuinely a very funny scene. Yes. Uh, and then so she says, give me, and again, it's the Scheherazade uh, story. Give me, you know, five, give me an hour and then you can decide whether you want to kill me or not. And we are told by Dr. Whitley, right, that we are told by Dr. Whitley that she told him the story, which he doesn't tell them, and he let her go. And that mm -hmm. is all we are told by Dr. W. And who, boy, uh, here's the thing. Obviously, I'm not going to. Okay. Here's my interpretation. Then you can tell me where what you think I've gotten wrong or right. Okay. My interpretation is the key parts of it did happen. Right. So she did. She was there. He was going to kill her. They did the whole stuff with him trying to get rid of, like, all the stuff we predicted about trying to get Malcolm, maybe having Malcolm kill her. That seems to be wrong, right? Uh, I mean, I really thought that's where it was going, although that's a very dark way for it to go if Malcolm has killed somebody when he was a child. But it seems that's wrong, and he really did have her locked up, and she did tell a story, and something sinister is going on. But... I don't know that he actually let her go. Maybe he did. Maybe we're going to see an older version of her at some point. I don't know. But I don't know that he let her go simply because finding out what he found out, that there are some kind of sinister rich people in New York doing something horrible, is act and she was wanted by them because she had information on them, is actually a good reason to make her body disappear. So what I'm saying is, like, uh, look at it this way, right? If the rich people, like, let's say Dr. Bright needs a card to play later for some reason. For example... Dr. Bright? Uh, Dr. Bright, oh my god. Doc... Oh, I'm so embarrassed. The surgeon. Jeez. I know. Dr. Whitley. Dr. Whitley, the surgeon. Uh, right? I, needs you know a... I know, I know, it's bad. Uh, right? Needs a favor later. It would be really good... If they, if the killers thought that she was still out there and he had information from her, but he would find it too risky to leave her alive because she, he, she knows who he is and could easily send him to jail forever. So my theory would be what she said was true. There are sinister people out there and maybe Dermot Mulrooney is in the lead of them 
but Dr. Whitley did kill her anyway. And the reason he made the body disappear was so that he could use the threat of her against somebody if he ever had to. That would be my theory. Well, and that does make sense. Okay. Yeah, I, I feel like I, that tracks with what we know about him. Yeah, I, I, I don't see why, besides this was his weekend to kill somebody. So <laughs> Yeah, there's that too. You know, I mean... He's obviously going to kill somebody. This is the weekend he does that. And there wouldn't be, you know... Now, in Scheherazade, of course... She gets let go after a and thousand nights. Yeah, he she keeps well. No, they fall in love and blah 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 blah. Yes, blah blah yes, blah blah. She's blah. not going to get murdered after a thousand nights of storytelling, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, this is only one night. Now, you know, it's um. Now she says too that she has she has details. She has ability the ability because she'd been part of the organization, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. She and thinks, if, like, she's a threat to them, and that's where they're going to yeah. kill her. So, obviously, she doesn't just know things. She must have evidence of things. Yes, and she's also not ever been in touch with her sister, ever. No. And, the, yeah, that is the thing for me, that it's in 20 years, you never reached out at all? Which means that you were in some dark Yeah, stuff. how bad was this trouble, exactly? Like, well, you were involved in some bad stuff. Exactly. And then for whatever reason, she decided that she had to get out. And of course, there was no getting out. Mm-hmm. And so they would have killed her. But though I the hell then, but what bothered me was why the hell then did she go running? Yeah. Why is she like just running out in a, in in Central Park, just taking a jog in Central Park? If she's worried that murderers are going to kill her. So Particularly no... since the chief, the, since the the man who's running all of this. Yeah. Is in New York. Yeah, is a billionaire who 100% also lives right on the park, just like the surgeon does. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah, like it's, that. that's the part, I mean, then again, we only, like, we... We're assuming Malcolm's memory of how he kidnapped her is 100% accurate. Yeah. And I think we have to because it didn't No, that's Dr. Whitley's Dr. Memory. Whitley's memory, yes, of how he uh, grabbed her, right, Yeah, is 100% accurate. And I think we can assume that because it wasn't, yeah. like, filtered through anything. He wasn't telling a story. There were no other characters in the scene. It was just presented as his memory. And then, of course, we see the, the different, ver- like, then we see where it gets perverted. And he's like, this isn't how it actually happened. Right, but uh, when she starts turning things on him, and he's like, "This is well, my yeah, because that's when blah, 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 yeah, 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 it's 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 this. It's a really good scene, yeah, because he's like exactly he's always in when control. he's in a coma, yeah, when yeah. he's in a coma. It's a real. It, th- those are some pretty good scenes for him. Uh, so my argument would be that uh, I don't. That's the part I don't understand. Right, that's what's putting a hole in my plot. Of my explanation is. Why on earth was she just casually jogging in the park and meeting a random man and going to his house to get medical If she was blah, afraid blah, 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 of get blah. being killed. Yeah, if she was afraid some guy was going to murder her, right? Uh, but because an evil cabal of billionaires has it in for her, yeah, she's and, being and weirdly this, trusting. Yeah, and Dr. Whitley lives Another somewhere Another rich guy here. who lives right on the park, exactly. Like, yeah, you know. 
it seems like you should be more suspicious of him. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to need some explanation for that later, or we're going to have to accept that this is just a mistake they made. Like they hadn't fully thought it through when they wrote that scene, exactly what she was running from. And that is possible because like I said, it turns out that her claim is that Dermot Mulroney's character is the villain behind all of this. Nicholas Endicott. Nicholas Endicott is who he's playing. And if that becomes the case, <laughs> like if that is, if that winds up being true, I will say structurally, the show probably should have introduced him earlier. Well, yeah, but you know, he had to, um, you know, it, it, it I don't know that he has to be introduced earlier because we had to get all of the other stuff away yeah. out of out of the way, you know, and you had to set up Jessica because, I mean, the big point of this, too, is all of a sudden, like, why is Jessica so enamored yeah. of this man? So you have to set up just how alone she's been. Like, and nobody they, in society, nothing, right? And then... This guy who's always been nice to her. And my point is, remember the dinner episode? Yeah. Right? When they do the big dinner? That's the episode you should have put her, him in and shown yeah. her being one of the few rich people who can stand her in that episode. Yeah. That, is, okay. that would have been my theory. Like, not, okay. not a lot okay. earlier. Just like last week when they did the big dinner scene with all the rich people and she's there. And it's like, well, put Nicholas in that scene. So you're at least fairly introducing the character. Um, Does that make sense? Okay, no, no, I I could see that. Or have her show up the time she wants to have people over, and yeah, exactly. And, and like, he show he's the only one that shows up. Shows up briefly, yeah, exactly. Like you know, just briefly, and and that's it. And then he shows up again here. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. Like, oh, but, right, it's that guy we saw before. I guess they're going to be doing something with him. And then you get boom, the big reveal at the end of the episode. Yeah, because it's like. It's it, not, it was it too fast hit. in this that's episode. Thank you. Yes, that's what. Okay, I was from to beginning say. to revealing that that this is the big this cheese, is the guy who's behind it all. Yeah, and you have to, but you have to, yeah, because you're probably right. If they had introduced him even in passing earlier, yeah, you know, and probably did, somebody didn't think this, you know, that Completely that little true. part of it all the way through. Not yeah. everybody is a J. Michael Straczynski. Exactly. You know, not everybody, you know, yeah, not everybody has all of the beats of every episode of their show ready to go like, in, years yeah. in advance. Yeah. So that when he has to tweak it a little bit, he knows, he knows everything. Exactly, so he, he knows can, all of the ripples. Yes. Okay. So created when he makes a change. So yeah. yeah and, and that makes Babylon 5 unique. Yes, it's a weirdly perfect show because every part of it was completely planned out. And on two different occasions, he lost a main character. But because he knew everywhere the show was going, he was able to make adjustments. Yeah. Without hurting the show. Well, actually, three times. He lost a main character three times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, one of them like was a ripple effect. But yeah, it, it really. And the thing is, it's amazing how much it doesn't hurt the show. We yeah. love Babylon 5. I don't know if you've picked up on this subject. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Because we, we don't do a podcast about it because it would be just, oh, isn't this wonderful? Yeah. And we'd see just be how sitting he's there doing talking this. about how great it is. We'd have yeah, like well, a bunch of, we'd like, we'd have seven complaints in the first season and then we'd just be fawning over it the rest of the time. <laughs> the time so why would you do a podcast? I know. So. Anyway, um, 
but the other, you know, so, and the other thing is, is that Jessica, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I really want to see this continue because Jessica is just talk about a tailspin and talk about finally wanting to I commit know. suicide when she realizes that the second man that she's allowing into her life, life is, is also as vile. A I know. Is as vile as her first husband. I know. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So I that that's what I really took away. If from there's this. one, I think if there's one big takeaway from the first season of Prodigal Son, it's that I'm very happy that there's going to be a second season of Prodigal yes. Son. Yeah, because it's it's got a lot of potential. It yeah, really even does. even when you have these poor ep, like the poor main ep or the the murder right? mm-hmm. <laughs> that they have to resolve, yeah. uh, it uh, they all seem to have some pretty. Um, I don't think that any episode is without some redeeming quality. No, in it. that's one hundred, and I think that's just because of the really good character work they do. Yeah, and um, they know who their main characters are, and mm-hmm. they're evolving them. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it it works. It works well, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so every now and then, their their murder is a little uh, meh, eh, criminal mindsy. But uh, yes. we've never, we have yet to have an episode that is excessively useless. That's true. Like there's, there's never been an episode of this show with no redeeming qualities. Yeah. So um, even when the show hasn't been good, we've gotten interesting character stuff out of it. Yes. And most of these would make uh, a reasonable Criminal Minds episode or some even other the episode. Worst, even the worst episodes of this would mm-hmm. be a fine Criminal Minds episode. Not a great Criminal Minds episode. Yeah. There were great Criminal Minds episodes. Oh, not like, a great Criminal Minds episode. No, no because no, no. because because you could rewrite the you could take the core that core murder story, rewrite it as a Criminal Minds story, and it would turn really yeah. bad. Yeah, I <laughs> because know. Because you have the exposition, and they'd have to do the profile. And I mean, just think about it. Oh, I know. And then sitting down and talking to all the cops about the profile. Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, God. But yeah, like, um, so three episodes this week. It's weird how in all three, and I think this is what is keeping the show strong and why we're going to keep watching and keep enjoying the show, right? Is that all three episodes were in one way or another, like, very mediocre mysteries. Mm -hmm. Every single one is very watchable. Because of the character stuff they do and because the overhanging plot of the show is so interesting. Yeah, and and the actor playing Malcolm does a good job. Oh, absolutely. And I hate to say this is the this is the weird thing, right? Please. Is that Dr. Whitley is your comic relief half the time. I know. It's so it really weird. really is. Yeah. He's there to keep the show light. And I was like, but is yeah, he a serious? Say what? Player? <laughs> what was the song he was playing for the girl? I can't remember. Oh God, I've forgotten. But yeah, I would have. There to was check. it was some song. Yeah, I'd have to go back and check because I watched it like ten days ago. Yeah, I know, I know. Sorry about but that. But you forgot to tell uh, me you were going on vacation for a week. I know it's quite embarrassing. Uh, but yes, we will have to check that. But yeah, even that scene, like everything about that scene, like was played for comedy. It was meant to keep it light, and they had. I mean, and you can say. It's a little iffy playing scenes with the serial killer for comedy, but fundamentally I get where they're doing it because 
it would be too hard to watch the show. Yeah, and they right? can yeah, and they can get away with it because he's not committing murders anymore. Exactly. He's, he's not no longer he's no longer lector, he doesn't get out, he doesn't commit murders anymore. They they have him yeah. trapped. Like, and let's face it, yes, was uh was Hannibal Lecter often very, very funny on Hannibal? He was. He was always very, very funny on Hannibal. But you know, Hannibal's a much more complicated show made by, let's face it, brilliant artists. And there's there aren't a ton of shows that could manage tone the way Hannibal managed yeah. tone. Because Almost that no that, shows yeah. could do it. Yeah. No, and I and this is and and it is because for the audience, and yeah. I mean I would speak for myself. I mean it's easy it's easier mm-hmm. to see him as the comedic relief i'm not sure it's total comedy but it's almost as a black comedy it's black comedy yeah right but it's it's not when you see him in flash in malcolm's flashbacks yes suddenly it's not funny he's threatening again yeah right and that is that is the the good job this show is doing with yeah I might not say it's on the level of Hannibal, but it is doing a really good job with tone because, as you point out, now that he's trapped in a cage, it's like a lion in the zoo. Yeah. Right? Or a tiger in the zoo. In a cage, they're entertaining. Let them out of the cage, and they're monsters. And they're monsters. And so you'd never want to let him out of the cage. You can understand why Jessica really would have liked it if he got the death penalty. I know. Quite understandable, actually. But at the time, New York had had put the death penalty in abeyance so that's true yeah there was a there was a moratorium on the death penalty and it wasn't yeah. until uh, later that they brought it back yeah i wonder if and they so have it now i'd have to check uh, yeah i think it's still on it's still on the Ugh. books death penalty people but i don't think sorry really. that's a whole other conversation that's uh, that's that's our sunday conversation yeah that's our sunday conversation uh but anyway so that is going to be that for this week of yep. Uh, prodigal son conversation you can join us back here next week where we're going to talk about the last two episodes of the season 19 the professionals and 20 like father uh so that should be fun yeah. uh, join us be, uh, back here for that that's going to be your homework and of course in addition to those two episodes we're going to be talking about the season at a whole as a whole you know talking about our hopes for season two and just saying making a final statement about what the show is so uh should be a lot of fun if you have any questions if you have any comments if you'd like to uh, suggest any other profiling related fiction you think we'd be interested in checking out drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com we would love to hear from you uh if you were listening to this in some sort of a podcatcher or uh, podcast app, be sure to rate and review it because that is how people find the show. Uh, until next time, I just want to say thanks for listening. Au revoir. And hey, Donald Trump's not the president anymore. <laughs> We're recording this on Inauguration Day. But we both watched the inauguration before we, we were, did the podcast. And we were both very happy about it. So yes. Seriously, though, au revoir. And have a good couple of days. Till we meet again. (laughs) And a yeah, and a good four years, hopefully. Hopefully. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.